Hey guys, it's Nick, the lesser half of the Change My Mind podcast. Just wanted to let you know that you can find Change My Mind merch on Teespring. You just got to go to the Geeks Worldwide store and you'll find t-shirts and sweatshirts and phone cases over there. I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines. Change my mind. I swear these other podcasts are just a waste of time. I'm skipping through them. I'd rather listen and change my mind. Wes and Nick always help me through my daily grind. Your favorite guys, your favorite lines. Change my mind. Yeah. In the eight years since Mr. Stark announced himself as Iron Man, the number of known enhanced persons has grown en- exponentially. And during the same period, the number of potentially world-ending events has risen at a commiserate rate. Are you saying it's our fault? I'm saying there may be a causality. Our very strength invites challenge. Challenge incites conflict. And conflict breeds catastrophe. That's a little uh, Monday evening reading for you folks. This is episode 68 of the Change My Mind podcast. I have, of course, Wesley Sykes. And on the other side of the ether is the John Constantine uh, to what was supposed to be my scorpion, uh, Mr. Nick Fryer. John Constantine, I feel like, first of all, I love him. But second, I feel like everybody tries to romanticize him and make him seem like, oh, he's not that much of an asshole and he's really a hero. And we'll get into it. But he's an asshole. There's no two ways about it. I love him, but he's an asshole. He is 100% an asshole, but uh, he is my asshole, so I'm a, I'm a big fan of him as well. He won me over in the main topic that we'll be discussing today, but that little uh, piece of dialogue was from, geez, I don't know uh, what year this was, maybe 2012, 2014, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. Of course, that's Vision talking to Steve Rogers when they're trying to deal with Ultron and saying uh, that there's a ca- causality pretty much between strength and challenge and power and conflict and conflict and catastrophes. And we've mentioned that that uh, scene and those quotes a couple of times on this program, I feel like, through the first uh, 67 episodes or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just felt like that was, uh, we don't have to dive too much into the past weekend and the past uh, week of events overall. I think this could be used as a little bit of a... Uh, uh refuge from from all of that you know to maybe maybe dip dip away from but i do think that is somewhat appropriate given given what's gone on last week or so definitely absolutely totally a great poll we were originally going to do a double feature review but we decided just to go with justice league dark apocalypse war which i'm excited about because hopefully we can do one on mortal Kombat next week i just yes I that was my bad. No, it was fine. It was a big I, commitment, you know. It was a big commitment on the week in my golf game. I, I'm really, uh, I'm really trying to get get that down this year. I have nothing but respect for that. I was more. I'd rather do two. I was worried that I just don't know if we can do it with Mortal Kombat. I don't know if you can do it with Mortal Kombat. It's almost like a challenge, I guess, to maybe yeah. a type of combat. I, I did not step up to the challenge. I think I, I just, I just did. I was like Manny Ramirez getting pinch hitting in Yankee Stadium, just uh, mm-hmm. bat on the shoulder. Don't on my off day, you know. I'm just waiting, uh, waiting to collect a paycheck. Hey, guess what? If you go and step up in Game Seven, and then we can do a full Mortal, Mortal Kombat episode, then I don't care. Then you won in my my book. That's all that matters. 04 World Series MVP status, baby. That's Let's all I'm looking for. Find out what's trending now. We talked about it a little bit with Casey when he was on with us last week as we were talking about you know, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. Henry Cavill possibly returning to the DCEU as Superman. Casey, of course, of, of Geeks Worldwide, did mention that he he has actually tweeted out about it, that he that there's some level of traction to this. The Hollywood Reporter 
said to hold your horses. According to a new report from The Hollywood Reporter, Henry Cavill is currently not featured in any scripts for The Flash or Black Adam at all. He is currently not in negotiations for a cameo, but rather Warner Brothers is exploring the idea of his return rather than finalizing any plans. And there's no Man of Steel 2 in the works, but Superman is still, you know, he should still be in the DCEU. I mean, you can't not have, as much as I get annoyed, Wes, with how they always have to start everything with Superman, mm-hmm. you can't have the DC, any DC universe without some sort of Superman. So they got to have something in all this. But do you think that, are you at all concerned given this report and what, I mean, Hollywood reporters usually on top of their shit? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what this means. So he's currently not in negotiations for a cameo, but WB is exploring exploring the idea of a return rather than finalizing any plans. So he might be in a, mm-hmm. there might be in a cameo. So it's pretty much like this report is saying like talking out of one hand and then speaking out of the other sort of thing, right? Or uh, talking out both both ends of their mouths. That's what I'm trying to yes, say. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yep. Um, and you're kind of hedging their bets. So like th- this was kind of disheartening. I, I mean, I still, I still liked him as uh, Superman. I think he he's like the ideal, you know, physique and, and embodiment of what uh, I imagine Superman to be. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I think he, he would be a great fit. I would like to see him back. Henry Cavill. Absolutely. I mean, like the thing, the thing is, and we've said it before on here, Superman is a tough character to get people to buy into now in, in, in this day and age. I'm not a big Superman guy. You're not a big Superman guy. We, I mean, when it comes to the DC, I prefer the Bat Family. You, you're a Batman guy. Like, th- th- it's mm-hmm. all from there. I mean, Constantine is the guy in Justice League Dark. I mean, everybody knows that. That's not a spoiler. He's the guy that we're, we're all like, why we're watching this? He's the main character. Well, I mean, why is that? Because fandom has changed. Henry Cavill, I'm sure, if this was the early '90s or or the, the '80s, he'd be beloved. But that character is difficult to do. He does well with it. It's just. Mm-hmm. You gotta manage him correctly. So I, I would love to see them get him back. I just and I think if Kate, I, honestly, I trust Casey's reporting pretty much more than anybody because he's always he's mindful of everything. I would mm-hmm. say when he's reporting stuff out. So I, I I put some stock in the Hollywood Reporter, of course. They they are on their ship, but I, I think it's just a, it's a long road, and there's gonna be a lot of ups and downs, and we'll see stuff like this, like we have with NBA, MLB, and all their negotiations and all that crap. Yeah, absolutely. I, I hope they get it done because, you know, and one thing that, that gets frustrating too, especially when you have these ongoing uh, universes where all these characters are always kind of in play is that you want to see some level of continuity. And that is, of course, what the MCU and Marvel has done such a good job at, you know, retain, identifying their stars, satisfying those stars and retaining those stars for a number mm-hmm. of years. Right. So, you know, we've seen that how that's played out with DC over the number of Batman's number of Joker's resetting things, rushing things, all that sort of thing. So I would right. like some sort of continuity in here. Um, you know, stay together for the kids as, yeah, as, a, as, a, as a COD, you know? <laughs> yes. Speaking of like continuity issues though, there's obviously with Batman and Pattinson, there's some level of confusion as to how that would all work. I mean, because the, the, the difference in age, I mean, just it's pretty simple, and it's and he's not Ben Affleck, but Matt Reeves, the Batman, has gotten the okay to resume shooting in the UK at least, which would be great if we could get that next year. Still, uh, wait, what was the date that? They, yeah, it was next year, right? October of next year that they said it. At, I, I believe so. Yeah, okay. yeah. October, but, November. I think it was supposed to be right around Halloween. Right. That's right. Yes. According to the Guardian, they have seventy-five percent left 
of the movie to shoot that makes you feel all right i mean they're getting rolling but i, I you also i worry about are we going to get that second wave you know what i mean of the of the virus and is that gonna right impact things? right but this is good news though i mean i, I think mm-hmm. uh, any sign of returning to a sense of normalcy before this started which is like, i think i feel like we're entering the fourth month of quarantine you know i think we've had like three completed months done i think getting back to any of that sort of sense that we had three months ago would be huge and this this is a good sign i think this yeah. is a great sign here and then and if it, just to kind of you know i know there's been a lot of people talking about if this is going to be a different type of batman this is a dark story this is a gritty story this is from paul dana who of course is playing the riddler from an interview with the playlist he said i think matt reeves is the real deal uh, i was really surprised by his script which i think is is potentially really powerful he also joked that he couldn't even quote legally say uh anything about it but that quote there's something fun there in my character and in all the characters is the kind of movie that we're just desperate to share on the big screen in a big way. It's going to be really cool. So thank you, Paul Dano. I'm excited about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yes, he, he, he's one of the guys that I kind of forgot about in the mm-hmm. scheme of things with all the additions of all these actors and everything. And I think, wait, is, is Paul Dano the Riddler or is he... Uh, yeah, because yeah, Colin Farrell is uh, the Penguin. I was confusing the two there. Paul Dano is the Riddler. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm looking at him right uh, now. Yeah. So I, I think I think he'll be uh, do do that job a lot of justice. Yes, that guy. He is. He's weird. I remember the, the first time I saw him knowingly was Prisoners. I believe was the Hugh Jackman oh, right. and Jake Gyllenhaal yeah, yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, who played the original Rhodey again? Oh, uh, uh, Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard, thank you. Yes. So yeah, that was a great movie. Those three guys were running that. He, and he was he was also in, and he was. He was something else, so he can yeah. play weird. And I think sure. he played second fiddle to uh, Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood, and he was a very stirring, like, young, righteous preacher, pastor. Didn't know that. Yeah, he, he gives a really good performance. Um, other movies that are uh, can return uh, return to filming are Fantastic Beast, which is another uh, WB property. Uh, there was a couple other ones that I saw as well that I'm, I think I think maybe The Little Mermaid. Some other uh, shows that are... are films that are uh, filming in the UK as well. So. I just saw the fir- the second Fantastic Beast for the first time over the weekend when I was visiting my brother, and ah. I was outstanding. Was that it really? Awesome. I, I never got through the first one. I had a tough time. I mean, I'm a big Harry Potter guy, but this just hasn't translated to me. I actually got a crash course in the first one. I haven't seen it before, but the second one was awesome. And okay. I think my, my, my brother's girlfriend is a big Harry Potter fan, and she's very tough on certain things. I don't think she loved the first one, but she mm-hmm. really liked the second one. It was the first time she'd seen it too. Okay. So, whatever right. that's worth. Other bit of news, Marvel-related. Charles Murphy, a.k.a. Murphy's Multiverse, says that Evan Peters, who we all know as Quicksilver from mm-hmm. the Fox X-Men movies, is signed on to play a significant mystery role in WandaVision. Some speculated that it's of the villain variety. And where do you stand on all this? I love it. You know, the, the irony that, uh, you know, Evan Peters, a.k.a. Quicksilver from, like you mentioned, the the Fox X-Men series is playing a role with WandaVision, right? Wanda Maximoff, who is what's supposed to be her mother. Wait, no, wait. brother. The brother, right? Yeah, brother Wanda's, the, Wanda's yeah. sibling. Yes. Yeah, so the irony. There, there's, there's a little bit of irony there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, I think Evan Peters is great. You know, I, I've seen some of his stuff from American Horror Story. I think he's done a great job there, kind of kind of playing that evil, twisted type, kind of, uh, you know, maybe mentally kind of not all there. So I, I think that's where some of these people, I think I saw even Casey speculate that he kind of sees a villain role potentially. So I, I, I think that that'll work out well. You know, I, I love any any big name addition to uh, the MCU. Yeah, he's a dynamic actor. 
Yeah. He's he's good. Whatever role he's in, I trust him. I mean, yeah, I, I, it would be cool if he became Quicksilver, but I'm not going to hold my breath on that. So lastly here, uh, you know, continuing with last week's segment of what's new on Netflix, Space Force was just released uh, the first season here that was created by Greg Daniels and Steve Carell. It's starring mm-hmm. Steve Carell, uh, John Malkovich, Lisa Kudrow, Ben Schwartz. You got Jing Yang from Silicon Valley in there. Are you uh, watching this? So I, I turned on the first episode, the first maybe episode and a half. Um, it was all right. You know, I, I think I definitely want to give it the opportunity. You know, it, I, Steve Carell kind of has this weird accent to it and he kind of plays like a real hard ass. So I, I you know, I haven't really, the, the funny mo- moments haven't really like jumped out at me. You know, it doesn't, doesn't mm. scream comedy to me yet, but I, I guess part of me is still kind of expecting like with Greg Daniels and Steve Carell for this to be like an office like show. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if it, if it's established that yet. So I I think I got to give it you know a little bit more time to marinate for me. I'm not really interested in the it. season. I'm not really interested. I did watch all of the Jeffrey Jeffrey Epstein documentary though, Filthy Rich. Woo! Yeah. Woo-hoo! Did you finish it? So I am an episode two episodes in with two episodes to go. Right, it's a four part documentary series. Yes, Jeffrey sir. Epstein, of course, is the man who was. Um, convicted of a child sex part pro, you know sex Ring, crime yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah so he was he was you know found guilty of that and then later killed himself so i think we all know that or maybe he didn't kill himself if you want to go down the conspiracy route it does a good job i think i've read into a lot of stuff about uh jeffrey epstein i think he's a you know that the way that he's kind of a, an enigma has always been interesting to me. Yeah, you don't really see him a lot. He's not a public figure, but yeah, he has all that power. That for some reason that that's always very interesting to me. Those inclusive, um, introverted type people who just happen to pull strings from behind the scenes. Um, this guy seems like he was filthy. I think that's an appropriate uh, title yeah. for the for the documentary. I'm yeah. not sure though. I think from from what I'm gathering. Um, they seem to be glossing over a lot of the, the Clinton ties, which I'm not sure um, if that's appropriate or not. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they were well, like well documented, very close. Yeah, I think maybe they get into it in the next two episodes. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say they dug in more on anybody. Like they dug in on people, but. Mm-hmm. Honestly, God, actually, the, the person they probably dug in mo- on most was uh, is it Prince Andrew? Is that his name? No, Duke, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, no, Prince Andrew, who was the Duke of York. something. York, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if any, if they 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 mentioned Clinton, they mentioned Trump, mm-hmm. they definitely mentioned the Duke of York. I think that with Clinton, though, they said they like the. I think the person who talked about him tried to say that he didn't see him with any girl. I think is what it was. Right. I don't know if they did with Trump though either, which is strange. I feel like they did. I don't know. I, they definitely, they definitely said some stuff about Trump. But anyways, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. There was pictures, right? There, those, those pictures were circulating oh, the, with him yeah, and um, yeah. Melania, and then Jelaine, right? Jelaine Maxwell, um, definitely I guess Epstein's wife or girlfriend or whatever she was to him. My, oh, she's she's awful too. My yeah. biggest thing was in this. I knew about Epstein, but I didn't. And this was actually my quarantine corner pick. But I knew about Epstein, but I didn't know. I guess I somewhere along the way I missed something originally because I thought it was more he facilitated it all and he didn't he wouldn't didn't partake mm-hmm. and I couldn't I mean I couldn't have been more more well, wrong yeah, and all yeah. That. yeah he partook and I'm sure he had more dirt but I do but after watching it Wes I will say 
and, and we could even do an episode on it if you wanted to. I'm, I'm open to that. I don't know. When I watched it afterwards, I was like, you know what? He may have he may have actually killed himself. Now, the, 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 there's some facts, too, that get in the way with it, but it, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it. But anyway. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and we can pick this back up uh, if you want to save save that for your quarantine corner. We can return to that conversation a little bit later towards the end of the uh, podcast here. But what do you got for your, your comic book minute? So for anybody that is a Buffy fan out there or that knows a Buffy fan, we got Buffy the Vampire Slayer Every Generation Issue 1. So this is a whole new thing. I have not looked into it. I just know it's the first issue. So this is a time for you. If, you, if you're looking for something Buffy-related and you like her a lot, you like the show, there you go. Jump in on it. Um, some issues okay. that are coming out this week. You got Birds of Prey 1. We have, uh, which I actually rewatched that over the weekend with my brother. He'd never seen it, and he enjoyed it. Shazam 12, Wonder Woman 756, Justice League Dark 22, Catwoman 22, John Constantine Hellblazer, which I will be reviewing. That's nice. issue number six. You got a lot, of, a lot of good stuff out there. And I, I can say that, you know, Constantine, this run is more of what how he is what Constantine like used to be. So that, that's that's pretty much what I got for you now, Wes. Oh, and I did write another Marvel DC crossover, mm, but I mm-hmm. cannot remember who was in it. Oh, yes, it was Miles Morales was the lead character in it. Oh, I love it. Okay. Yes. I can't remember who the villain was. I remember who his opposite was. No, I remember who the villain was now too. Yes, in the villain and the Marvel character that's opposite of Miles Morales, they all kind of... There are unique. There's like a unique dynamic that only these characters could kind of provide us with, I guess, in the course of things. So insect heroes. There's one insect hero, although spiders are not insects. Well, you know, you know what I'm saying. A bit of a yeah. generalization there. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, my brother did make a pitch for Ant Man. I'll tell you this: it wasn't Ant Man, but my brother's been trying oh. to make a pitch for Ant Man and all this. We're in agreement on that. I want, I want more Ant Man in your life. He's actually Ant Man is his favorite. He has like three Ant Man shirts. Believe nice. it or not. Nice. Yeah. Oh, good. Paul Rudd, you know. You guys are getting along great. Yeah. Okay, so on to our main topic here. Uh, yes. We will be reviewing the DC – is it just the DC movie? Like, Is there a – DC animated universe. DC animated universe's yes. latest installment, Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Why don't you give yep. us a synopsis real quick? So this, and for those wondering, there are there have been about I think of seven movies in the DC animated universe, and this mm-hmm. is the conclusion to all of it. Uh, so you got you know if you guys have the DC universe app or whatever, I think you can see pretty much all of them except for Superman. Is it Red Dawn or Superman Red, whatever it is? But that's the only one I don't think's on there besides this movie. So um, it, oh there you go, it's the tenth Justice League animated film. If I you know <laughs> read my read the notes uh, in the sequel to Justice League Dark in the fifteenth and final feature length film. Oh, in the DC animated universe. There we go. So again, if oh. I had just not jumped the gun, <laughs> I would have had it right there. Yeah. So this is the uh, a, a compilation of the world's greatest superheroes that are squaring off uh, once and for all against the despotic dark side. I don't even know what that word means. That's why I just copy and paste. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the fate of humanity hanging in the balance in Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Uh, this movie features the largest superhero cast in the history of DC Universe movies with dozens of actors and characters spotlighted in a grand ensemble of talent reply- reprising their roles from this six-year story continuum. So we have a list of, geez, almost uh, 45 characters here. So let's, let's run through them because there are some heavy hitters in this one. Oh, you're damn right there are. Okay, so I'll start us off. We got John Constantine, Superman, Raven. Robin, Damian Wayne, 
um, Darkseid, Etragon, Batman, Wonder Woman, Lex Luthor, Lois Lane, and Zatanna. I mean, you could just make a movie with those 11 characters alone, but we got more. But wait, there's more. We got The Flash, Cyborg, Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, King Shark, Green Lantern, Swamp Thing, Shazam, Aquaman, Martian Manhunter, Mira, Hawkman. But wait, there's more. <laughs> then we also have Nightwing, Starfire, Speedy, Bumblebee, uh, Beast Boy, Blue Beetle, Wonder Girl, Superboy, Batwoman, Batwing, Batgirl. Steel, Cheetah, Giganta, someone named Weather Wizard, another one named Toy Master. We got Black Manta, Bane makes a futile and quick appearance. You have members from the Green Lantern, Lanterns Corp. And lastly, members from the Guardians of the Universe to round it out. That's 43 plus, right? There's, there's some more in there when you account for the Green Lanterns Corps and the Guardians there. Um, so you're, you're looking at 50 heroes jam-packed into, what is it, an 85-minute movie, 90-minute movie? Yep. And there's also someone else uh, who actually didn't. Uh, we, I forgot we forgot to add to the list, right? We didn't say Trigon. Yeah, Trigon's not on here. Oh, geez, yeah, that was my mistake. No, that's okay. I try, but Trigon's another one that's in here too. That's, that's I have a lot of respect father. for Trigon. I mean, no disrespect. <laughs> He's a savage, but I mean, yeah, this was a this was a crazy movie. So I have reviewed this for Geeks Worldwide already, but I really tried to stay out of the spoilers when I was doing it. Even when I, I think I went into spoilers, but I tried to stay vague. But I gave it a ninety nine point five um, on the website. We only do like zero or 0.5. So whole numbers are 0.5, which, you know, rookie scores, but whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to stand by my 9.5, just bumping it up to 95 for this. I absolutely love this movie. I think you have, I mean, you obviously have a ton of action. The, all the characters that are involved, we see different relationships. That was one of the biggest things for me. We see people interacting that we don't normally see. I, I mean, I... Are we we're, are we in spoilers now? I mean, I know we always get into it early. Yeah, no, okay. we're into it. I mean, yeah. Raven and Superman—that's a relationship that I never expect to see. Um, Etrigan is is a character who's totally different in all this. He's always rhyming and shit. <laughs> this the at the first moment he doesn't rhyme. I was like, wait, what the fuck's going on? I was yeah. I was legitimately rattled. Yeah. I did, I thought he couldn't. I thought he had to rhyme. I didn't know it was a choice. So yeah, so I I love this movie. It was fun. There were. The other stuff, the other movies that were in this universe mattered, but you could still watch it as without having seen them, as you'll explain, Wes, mm -hmm. without, uh, as long as you had a knowledge of the DC universe. Yes, exactly. So with that said, uh, I'm giving this a score. So I, I looked at this from like two different ways, and uh, you know, maybe I'm a little bit of a, a tougher critic. I don't know. I feel like we go back and forth on things. Usually Sometimes I'm a, I'm a lenient little bit critic, and then whatever. So uh, I gave this a 78 out of 100 on the co comparison of all movies ever made live action or animated, right? 78 out of hundred, but for like an animated score for a DC animated movie, I really enjoyed it from that genre. I think that was a lot of fun. So I, you know, bumped it up 10 points, give it an 88 out of hundred solid okay. B plus if that's the case. So it's very graphic for an animated movie. Um, they, they really hold no punches when they're coming up with unique death scenes. And we'll be talking about that. A little bit later as well um and i, and I really enjoyed that the, the story uh seemed a little bit disjointed at times but it's a comic book movie so like maybe that's kind of how it plays out in comic books is that you know it doesn't necessarily explain everything for you and you're 
meant to kind of connect the dots or maybe it doesn't matter as much if everything's kind of connected everything's like a little self-contained vignette at certain points that all connects to a greater story sure. um so that was that was maybe my my thought process and then like you said you know dropping in on some characters like i had no idea who raven was uh entering this um some characters some storylines i didn't really uh know so some of it yeah as this was a continuation of an ongoing series and just not having that extensive knowledge of the DC universe uh, from the comic books, you know, mm -hmm. some things I was kind of like left scratching my head at. Okay, but see, but the point is, West was still you're still able to enjoy it. Oh yeah, matter. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That, that, to me, that's why. I mean, I'm sure if you knew a little bit more, then you would have probably had a higher grade on it. See, I can't now. IMDb is actually more in line with your score. Your your base score comparing it to all movies they have it a 7.9 out of 10 mm -hmm. and i get it it's animated and that's different but one thing that gets criticized so often and it's and i know i'm you know 95 nick that's pretty friggin' high one thing that gets criticized so often whenever we talk about movies is the plot you know it just it doesn't it just falls flat it just doesn't matter and and i get that that's important in this plot to me was outstanding. It's crazy. It's high stakes. It's not fake high stakes. I mean, West and I. Are, I mean, we look at we look at this list, West, and pretty much. I mean, out of forty-four for counting Trigon, over. I mean, was it three quarters of these people fucking died? Yeah. In this movie, so it's it's crazy to me that that just adds so much more weight to everything. And I'm surprised by the the disjointedness. Now I get it. You you don't you're not a big DC guy and that's it's, I mean like it's totally cool. What can you as we go along maybe you'll have some examples for me. I'm curious to see what you found disjointed um, and maybe it's because you just didn't see the movies or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, you know I think it's it's kind of like so when you watch Avengers: Infinity War or Endgame when you have that huge uh, roster of characters to kind of fit into you know a, a short amount of time. You know, I, I go back to that vignettes thing. Everything kind of jumps, you know, and it, it doesn't necessarily flow as one linear story, but you're getting everyone's point of view at different points of time that creates the overall story, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, so you mean like where the characters were all getting in the fights and everything? Is, is that right. one of the examples? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think of like when, when they do the assault on, uh, what is it, the Apocalypse Beam or something like that. that that's mm -hmm. drawing uh, energy from the Earth's core. Right. right? So they go to like the three different hot spots where it's set up or whatever. And then one minute you see like the Bat family and another minute you see like Superboy and stuff. And then, you know, those characters that, weren't even introduced shazam for example like they didn't really like talk about shazam but then you see him in a 15 second you know burst it comes on the screen comes off the screen then he's gone you, you know but there's no like interaction for them or no communication you know it's just mm -hmm. like hey we sent out this team here and it's I'm just uh, the, the you know what i mean i was surprised how quickly shazam was in that but if you look at Justice League War, which is the first time we saw Darkseid in this this DC anime universe, like the first like full and length. That's probably version. my issue, right? Shazam's in all of that. Yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. episode. So yeah, but so that but again, that's fine. I understand that. That's important because we're telling people to go watch this, and I'm willing to bet that there's a good port. At least half of our audience hasn't watched all those movies. I haven't even watched all of those movies, so right. I, I I would fully expect that they all haven't. So we're telling this. It's important that they get your perspective in it all too, but. In some of those, they definitely have introduced those characters and fleshed them out a little bit more, like Shazam, especially Shazam, actually. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but see, the thing is, I also really liked those moments where it's quick because I also know the characters. There were some who I, I, I didn't realize, like Bumblebee. I feel like I've seen her before, but I don't really know her that well. And I didn't right. realize that was Batwing. Like, was that – I thought it was Duke Thomas in a different outfit. So I was confused by that. But when I see Batgirl in there and Batwoman, and then that's what hit me. It's like Batwoman gets freaking roasted. Shazam gets the shit kicked out of him the entire mm-hmm. movie. And then Batgirl, who's like this beloved character, she just – boom. Like, you see her once, and then you see, the next time we see her, she gets fucking torn apart. To me, yeah. that was powerful. To me, it's like this is just absolute chaos. This is like what would really happen if we were getting invaded and you had heroes. Yeah, and and the movie wastes no time in kind of getting to that, um, you know, ultra gory, ultra violent action. Right? I think in the first ten minutes, you have uh, the the Justice League team being aware of an assault, incoming assault on Earth, so they go to um, intercept that in outer space before it can reach Earth as a preventative measure. And they're pretty much just ambush, right? That story sounds a little bit familiar if you've seen uh, Avengers Endgame, Avengers Infinity War, right? That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of a similar story there, at least uh, with, with uh, at least with the basic bare bones of it. But they right. are uh, immediately run into uh, you know in, into the eye of the storm, so to speak. And Dark Side is just ripping off limbs and is just manhandling everyone. I think you know. Wonder Woman gets her arm ripped off. Cyborg gets his limbs torn off. Martian Manhunter's burned alive. Like, all in the first 15 minutes, you know? And then, and then what? You see Batman get turned into, like, a robotic slave for Darkseid. Mm-hmm. Superman is injected with kryptonite to counteract his superpowers and just make him pretty much a human. Yeah, exactly what it was. And then Lois Lane, too. I mean, she goes and becomes the leader right. of all this, too. Uh, I think one of the big takeaways is we kind of got a little bit farther along in all this was <laughs> fucking um, John Constantine. Uh, we'd seen the, the commercials for it, but uh, John Constantine had a relationship with King Shark, which I've never heard of that one before. Constantine's sexuality is a whole other thing in comics. Like He's very fluid. Wait, he but- did have something with King Shark? Maybe I, did I miss that? Yeah, you remember when he said to Raven, "Oh shit, that's my ex." Oh, I, yeah. I see. That must have just like passed right over me, or like yeah. I didn't like think. He about said, it "Oh, he said, oh, it's yeah. my ex." And then she goes, "You dated Harley Quinn." I'm paraphrasing here. He said, "Do I look mad?" And then, and then King Shark winked at him. Ah, uh, yeah, that I that was completely lost to me. I remember that scene now, and it just didn't, yeah, didn't mean anything to me at the time. That's really interesting. Yep, he, he's 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 had a relationship with men in the comics, but I don't know of any relationships with King Shark or anything like that. But right, well, Constantine well, you know, is best. Maybe bestiality is uh, acceptable in the DC universe. I'm not sure. You know, who are we to say? It's 2020. Uh, gender and sexuality is nothing but a spectrum. Mm. He's also got human human qualities to him, though. So I mean, it's yeah. And I guess like you know, if you're going to be exercising demons, you know, like you're going to have some vices. Yeah, you know, probably some hardcore ones at that. Exactly, and I mean, getting it on with a shark is pretty freaking hardcore. But, but, but I, you mentioned uh, John Constantine as as a bit of an asshole, right? And that's kind of his truer form here. <clears throat> Early on in in this uh, onslaught, this assault on the Justice League uh, out in outer space, um, we we kind of get a little bit of that. And that's kind of how this story starts. Of course, Constantine's kind of the center of this story. Um, and he runs away from Zatanna, right, who was his lover at the time, while she is also getting ripped apart. And then he just throws on a uh, 
a little hologram or portal and hops out of there real quick. Right. That was so – now, they had shown that in the commercials leading up to – at least it was on Twitter. I don't know how they released it exactly. But when I when they tell us the twist in that, I – because now, again, Constantine is an asshole. There's no two ways about it. But there are certain people that even the biggest assholes in the world care about. Okay, and he because I wouldn't necessarily call him a narcissist. Some might, but he's he's just, I just don't look at him that way because there are people he cares about. Zatanna being one of them, especially in this universe. So when I saw that happen in the commercial, and then I see it here, that this doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. So when they revealed in the in the when he died, when he when she revealed to him like that it was like I, I put the compulsion spell on you, and it was I forget it was like it sounded like remember. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, th- thank God he wasn't just a total douche. She right. did this. She made the call. If but that's, that but that's the vibe that you get. That it just kind of lives, uh, you know, that it kind of lives on with that that mentality, or, or at least carries on that mentality of him being an asshole uh, yeah. throughout the movie. Is, is John Constantine a better Doctor Strange? I like John Constantine more than Doctor Strange. I think there's a lot more to him. I sure. like Doctor Strange a lot. This guy blows Strange out of the water. Like, yeah, damn right. This guy's just smoking cigs, drinking anything that has <laughs> alcohol in it. Like, just kind of has that like loose tie. Like, just got out of work, and I'm like, after a day on like the stock market floor, you know, like I just, mm-hmm. I just want to, just want to rip a pack of Marble Reds and like slug down some Jameson. That's my type of guy. Um, yeah. So let me ask you this: um, I'm putting you on the spot here. This John Constantine or Keanu Reeves? John Constantine. So I feel like this version is probably uh, a little better represented. Although, like, yeah, of course, I'm always, you know, just from my uh, uh, superficial view on DC Comics and that whole world and everything, mm-hmm. you know, I still view John Constantine through the prism of of uh, Keanu Reeves, kind of. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like this iteration of him a lot better. Okay. Yeah, I think, and even in that one, he ha- he kind of has moments where he cares. I mean, obviously at the end, he totally cares. Right. So, but I do think that um, I personally prefer prefer this portrayal of him. I thought it was great. But um, but what, yeah. what were some other things that you enjoyed from uh, from this year? I like Etrigan getting a larger role in all this too, because I think that when you we've when we talk about DC and what they've done with the comics, so well as they've been able to go darker. Now, I don't know if. I'm not reading Justice League Dark, so I'm not sure if Etrigan is in there. I'm, they, he should be in there because I think that him and he he shares – normally he shares a, a body with Justin Blood. But if you watched Justice League Dark, he's not – the one before this one, he's not there. Mm-hmm. And I think that that character is one that I, I'm curious to learn more about. And they have these – they've gotten darker in the comics, and I think you have dark characters that you can do that with instead of trying to press – force the issue – with Superman or some of these other characters we've seen before, it's like, right? They're not really that dark, you know what I mean? No, so and I think it was a big, uh, you know, a big home run with Etrigan. That that he was one of my favorite characters out of it, out of the yeah. whole bunch. Like like you said, a a, a drunk who is uh, speaks only in rhyme form. You know, mm-hmm. that is that is something that's right up my alley. Um, and then and then also right, so he's kind of like gives me this Korg meets. Fat Thor meets Drax with his whole kind of type of personality and appearance mm-hmm. and sense of humor. Um, so I liked how they were still able to kind of tie in that that snarkiness with him, but still kind of convey that he is a, a dark, kind of serious, brooding 
yeah like demon right he's a yeah, demon isn't that what he is yeah yeah exactly and he's and he's even tougher like he's well and, and there's even more to him because it's just not on brand and it, and it is very like thor um he's depressed uh, in this one right because of the events of events. uh yeah yeah he's, yeah exactly that's exactly what it is and he's but he's super powerful too which i mean obviously mm-hmm. we saw how, how he did against wonder woman it didn't work out in the end but i loved him and Superman, I thought was fine. I mean, that character can be again. It's just like there's a limit. Constantine was outstanding. I thought Damian Wayne was actually pretty good too. I did enjoy him. I thought that Raven so was, was good. pretty annoying to me. He, he well, he's he, he bugged he, me. Okay, you know what? He's an annoying character. I usually find him more annoying than I did in this one. Now he definitely redeems himself overall. You know, like until like one major point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah, you know, I think he really um redeemed himself towards them, but I just kind of got like a twerpy type of vibe. That's what he is. He's yeah. a twerp. He's an annoying little bastard. But I thought he was I thought I guess he was good. He was he was accurate to the character is really what it came down to. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, what they did with, with uh Nightwing with when, <laughs> I was right. ready for that. Yeah, yeah, oh. absolutely. Um, the little things, using, man. using the Lazarus pit and and just yeah, like you said, the li- the little subtleties to kind of work everybody in and have everyone kind of get their quick you know fifteen seconds on the screen or something. Yeah, um, I thought that was very nicely done. Um, but you you touched on uh, this a little bit. I love the the switch of dynamics between uh, Lois Lane and Superman. You know, so mm. often you see Superman is just in, infallible and indestructible, and suddenly you know he's stripped of all of that. And then you first see Lois Lane, essentially, right? Or, or you get reintroduced to Lois Lane um, in the Suicide Squad boxing ring. And she's kind of, uh, you know, messing up Harley Quinn there. And she's this badass chick. And then she's leading um, like a resurgence recon effort group with the Justice League. Yeah. And, and she's the one who's doling out orders and everything. And like, you know, Superman is kind of like a beta cuck in this. Yeah, he is. She's a badass motherfucker. Yeah, and she's taking movie. charge, right? So I, I, I love that. Um, you know, we already touched on Etrigan. I loved, uh, you know, like like Lex Luthor's involvement. Of course, you know, he's oh. a villain, but he plays a little bit of an antihero. What a weasel uh, in this! But he, yeah, when he's outfitting everyone with the kryptonite we- uh, weapons, and you got Damien's got the kryptonite sword, and King Shark's got the the teeth and everything. Like I thought that was kind of a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I like seeing that, and, and just getting to see um, a proper suicide squad because my only introduction was through the movies, mm. uh, which was hit or miss obviously. Uh, but I loved uh, King shark uh, and, and captain boomerang, especially I thought captain boomerang was kind of useless, dumb character in the, in the movie. Uh, but this one, I, I don't know if just because it's an animated and he's kind of like a, you know, offbeat character anyway. Like it just, this is a better suited medium form, but it, it plays out better for him. I agree with you a thousand percent. That's exactly what it is. The th- the, there are certain things that just do not translate well to live action because I mean we're talking about comic book characters where there's powers and all these fantastical things and and people can fight in such you know extravagant ways and, and learn so much blah 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 it it doesn't make sense when you put it to live action because it's like well these are real people you know I I you can go and incorporate magic and that helps suspend belief a little bit but right. there are just certain things that happen like you can only push it so far with some of the superhero stuff because you have a batman or um you know a death stroke or some of these even though he's kind of he's got powers too there are certain things you just have a tougher time believing but when right. you keep it animated then you can kind of suspend it a little more because you already know you're already being disarmed this is exactly. not real 
Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's my kind of concern with uh, King Shark in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Like, is that going to mm-hmm. translate well? Like, like, almost like Killer Croc. Like, I felt like that didn't work. And that whole cast of, of misfits, you know, like, he mm-hmm. just didn't seem even to fit in there. They barely did. Yeah, they, they, he was barely used at all. But the important thing that James Gunn has to remember is that King Shark is a shark. Right. If he can remember that, right. then he'll be fine. Exactly, exactly. Which um, is Swamp weird thing because was... the other thing, real quick, before you go to Swamp Thing, King Shark is also in the Harley Quinn animated show. And if you look oh. at him there versus him here, totally different. Totally different characters. But really? anyways, yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. It's a, okay. Yeah. Um, Swamp Thing, Camry. I loved it. You know, that, that that's a part of my childhood right there. I had Swamp Thing comic books and action figures and stuff like that. So seeing him come up and, and kind of um, – you know, reach his full potential of powers before ultimately, you know, killing himself, I feel like, or, you know, dying for the cause. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I thought that was awesome. You had Swamp Thing action figures? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I did not know you were that big a Swamp Thing guy. Well, you know, I don't think – I think it was maybe something for my brother that was passed down or something to that effect. Or, okay. Like, you know, kind of like an offbeat toy that like a relative gets me for Christmas but doesn't mm. really know me sort of thing. And then I just <laughs> kind of like adopted it. Yeah. Well, honestly, Swamp Thing was awesome. He – I mean the whole – his hatred for humanity but then his, his undying like he's always going to uh, uh, protect Earth – and everything, mm-hmm. the green, as he calls it. Uh, yeah, it was great. That was that. I only saw him so far in the Justice League Dark. I don't think I, I, I've watched a couple of the other animated movies, but I don't remember seeing him in any of the other stuff. But this, I like this appearance even more so because, like you said, he goes all out. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, He'll, yeah. So. Absolutely. And I think um, th- that just about covers it for me. You know, I, like I said, I love the assault on the different dark side bases within the groups that keep showing that and as I think Lois was kind of like talking through the plan, you know, so mm-hmm. you kind of got to see it in happening as she was kind of laying it out. Yeah. But you have like the Bat family playing together. You got young Superman. You have uh, Steel and all these different types of iterations of the different Supermans of the Green Lantern mm-hmm. Corps all working together. I love that. Would have liked to seen a little bit more. You know, them kind of like fighting oh, right. together using their skills and stuff. Yeah. When you were but speaking again, of the, pop the, in. the Green Lantern Corps specifically, we see John Stewart in here. And right. we also see um, we see Kilowog too, who in other DC animated movies, we see, or, and I'm sure in the comics too, he's he trains Green Lanterns. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm curious because you're – more of a of a Marvel guy, and and especially the MCU is kind of like you know your Bible when it comes to everything that's okay. Yeah. In in, in uh, this sort of stuff, how do you feel about Dark Side versus Thanos? So I felt like, at least from this, maybe he was featured a little bit more in the first uh, Justice League Dark. Uh, uh, Justice uh, League here. War. Justice League War. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he seems like you, you don't really get a whole lot from him. And that, that sort of mysterious kind of m- mysterious behind him makes him a little bit more mysterious. Maybe, maybe if that makes any sense. You know, like I felt like you know, that that's what kind of led to his mystique a little bit. The whole way that he moves, he doesn't really seem to exert all that much, pre- you know, energy. He's just right. had his hands behind his backs and he's lasering everybody. Um, you know, so I think that's very intimidating. You know, Thanos, you get more of his, who he is, his backstory, which softens him up a little bit, especially in the first one in Infinity War. Um, But again, he kind of carries himself in that similar manner where he's like, 
not doesn't really seem to be exerting that much energy as he's wiping through the the planets. I think that when I look at Justice League War now again, I, there are some I haven't watched, but I don't know that there were any other animated movies that featured Darkseid. I know in Justice League War the first one we see him and he's in it quite a bit. We're not getting this whole backstory on him. There are just certain mm-hmm. things that we know we, we learn certain things about him, but there's not as much depth as Thanos. Um, it, certainly not as much as Thanos in the MCU. Um, but yeah, he is all freaking powerful, and those his laser vision is whew, that shit's tough, man. Yeah, he, yeah, that's I, I'm picking honestly, I'm picking Dark Side in a fight versus Thanos for I sure. I think so too. You know, if Thanos has the Infinity Gauntlet, does that change things? Is that something that, that you know, does that does he come equipped with the Infinity Gauntlet in a battle, you know, or is he just? have his battle axe and he's ready to go because if it's the battle axe you know like listen thanos is strong but it's you know you're not doing hand-to-hand combat with the guy who shoots lasers out of his eyes if if thanos has all the infinity stones then i then i don't think anybody can win like if he has them all in hand you can't win because it just takes a snap right right but if he's missing one of them and he's not going to get that other one then i'm still i'd still think i'm going to end up picking dark side and all of it because i think you could disarm him real quick with those freaking with those laser beams now what about uh the chitauri and the black order up against the uh was is, is oh, it the paradoomers yes 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 paradooms for sure chitauri I mean, rocket said himself they're the worst army in the whole galaxy but but the black order is also involved so you do also have like ebony maw and proxima mm-hmm. midnight and then sort of thing so there's some sort of leadership or intelligence behind there that maybe you don't have with the paradoomers yeah, so I'm, but you know, you're absolutely right. But the thing with the parademons is that they have Superman's uh, Kryptonian genes in him, right. like DNA, excuse me, in this movie. It makes him infinitely tougher. That's why everybody got roasted because when we see him in Justice, again, I mean, like it's it's not fair because you, we didn't talk about going to watch Justice League War, but they we saw it in. Um, we saw it in, even in Justice League and Snyder's – well, Josh Whedon's right. Justice League, yeah, excuse yeah, me. Exactly. Um, we, we saw it there, how they handled them and how you know Batman's really the one that has a tougher time. But everybody else is able to fight him. The, it's just these become infinitely tougher when you start incorporating Kryptonian DNA like, yeah. like anything would. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think I'm I'm dark side and paradoomers. Uh, I'm I'm right there with you. And mm-hmm. uh, the week. How about some some deaths here? We talked a lot about <sighs> the gruesome deaths that are involved throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, does any any memorable ones stick out to you? You know, which ones kind of stuck stay with you? The ones that really hit me are the ones that happen quick. And that's why yeah. that's one thing I wrote about in the reviews because it it makes to me it makes it seem more. Again, I, I know I just said that it being animated it disarms you and having it be like a like a realistic thing, but that does kind of give it a real vibe that no one's safe. You're you're going on and taking a bunch of monsters like this, you're going to run into a lot of problems, and there are going to be important people who perish in the course of it. So when yeah. I see Batgirl, when I see um, uh, Batwoman and, uh, and and Connor Kent Shazam Shazam getting roasted I mean that dude has given Superman fits before and right. then he goes and gets smoked he gets his leg bitten off I mean I thought Wonder Woman was dead in the course of it all I thought Starfire was dead we saw her come back too so uh, but but the biggest one for me 
were, were the small ones. So um, not to say Shazam is a small death, but Shazam dying. I mean, because mm-hmm. he's like, Shazam! Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To take him but down it, with it him. It seems like he almost gave himself up to like almost like a kamikaze or something, right? To it, use it, that yeah. explosion to blow everyone else up around him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. His, his death and Batgirl's death were the ones that were like, oh, shit. Yeah, it, yeah. So more so than anything. A couple, and, and exactly like you said, the stakes are high here right, right off from the start. This isn't, these deaths aren't, um, you know, getting dusted away and then, and then you know, spending a, a couple days at a resort inside um, the Soul Stone or anything like that, right? These are real consequences with, with a lot of violence behind them. So I think right in the opening uh, fight scene there, you have Aquaman getting split in half by, uh, those dark side laser beams that we were talking about uh, right through his torso. It spills his guts. There's blood everywhere. Um, you know, that's, that's a very, gr- I think that was one of the first ones that really kind of jump out at you. And again, quick death, you know, major character, but not, yeah. you know, not really too with the same sense. Like, is he really that big of a fan favorite? So yeah, that, that might've been kind of funny more than anything. I feel like everyone kind of, you know, shits on Aquaman. They might have, but he's a le- like he's a legacy character, right? So right. by doing that, they they then set it. At, I mean, it all happened so fast, so it didn't really it, it didn't matter. But by doing that right away, they let us know, oh, okay, so they got rid of a pretty important character. They could get rid of a lot of people, and then we saw Mera get. Right. I thought I thought she was smoked too. Whole, I mean, that was yeah. rough. Yeah, and and we said you know Zatanna getting eaten alive that that carried a lot of weight. You know, just with uh, the overall story of it all. Um, super powerful, super yeah. powerful, and just see ya, bye bye. Yeah. Done. Uh, you know our, our favorite uh, MVP right here at Etrigan. I'm probably butchering that name, I think, but there you got yeah, it. He uh, getting getting stabbed by the um, cyborg version of Wonder Woman, pretty much, um, and then getting pushed into the pit of fire. But you know, you, you saw them kind of battling. You were just kind of waiting for that one little slip slip up by him to get caught. And, uh, you know, that, that's what happened. I think, you know, and it was a sad to see him go. I was sad to see him go. That was but definitely he, the mo- he finished the rhyme though. He goes he back did. to the rhyme. Yes. You're absolutely right. He did. I was sad. I thought he was going to make it all the way through. I thought he was going to take out wonder woman. I thought it was going to come down to that. Yeah, absolutely. That was, and that's what makes this, I know we've spoiled it for so many people already. If they're, if you're listening to the whole thing and you haven't watched it, but what makes it so entertaining, even when you, you go and look at it is like, these the deaths are vicious, and there's just so you're never allowed to settle in because you right. have no idea who could go at any moment. Yeah, and you know, and if you're worried about us spoiling the moment or like, hey, these deaths are ruined now, you know, it's like it, our descriptions don't really even do it justice. True, you know, and that's not like you know, no, no pun intended there, uh, but <laughs> but you know, it, it really doesn't. Um, right. They're they're really well done, well animated, and and very graphic. Uh, yeah. Much like this, like Black Manta, uh, just like his arch ne- nemesis uh, Aquaman, is ripped in two, revealing blood and guts from the Paradoomers at LexCorp. Like, like they they hold no punches in this, and, th- and this one is probably the most uh, impactful death. We talked about that redeeming moment for Damien here that we kind of uh, you know teased earlier on, but of course the son of Batman who is under the control of Darkseid. This is a little bit of their standoff. Uh, he gets through to Batman. Darkseid sees this, goes to kill Batman. Damian Wayne jumps in front of the lasers to save his father. And then he's just like burnt to a crisp, but not dead. And then like Batman's just holding like his burnt body. 
That's rough. Just, yeah, it was very weird to see. Um, again, it makes you feel like, like you were saying, you get detached because it's an animated movie uh, a little bit, but it still does a good job of kind of like roping you in on the points mm -hmm. where it should. It makes it easier to rope you in because of the animation. I think like you, you, you're already removed, and then now it's right. like, oh no, we're gonna we're gonna pull you back. Um, the I, when I watched it at the end too, you know, I, I get that everybody had emotional baggage at the end of it, and there were there were a few characters who, like Superman, right? He he ended up getting his powers back and everything, but he also lost Lois. Yeah, you but of get, course he got his powers back. Like, I, I, he, that's why. Like, what, how did he get his powers back? Just, he decided. That he was going to be the too death strong. of Lois and the comment and bringing in Etragon somehow. I don't know. I can see how Etragon would would expel all the the kryptonite from his body, but still, it's still annoying. But it, uh, Superman's the one. I mean, uh, Superman. I'm sorry. Batman's the one that I look at at the end of this song. Of course, friggin' Batman walks away with it. His yeah. son's still alive. He's he's relative. He's unscathed in terms of physically and and, and everything. It's like unbelievable. Uh, as much as I love him, the one death that probably bugged me the most and then like he was gonna die anyways in the end but when it happened might have been shazam annoyed me a little bit just because how powerful he can be but black manta i was i was surprised by him and bane kind of to some extent because boomerang yeah. outlived them right how, how the fuck does boomerang outlive either of those two guys especially manta when he's got laser vision that made yeah, no and, sense to me. And Bane had a really poor showing in this. Uh, they, uh, who, the writers or something did not like Bane in this movie. I don't know if he's more prominently featured in Justice League War, um, but this, like you barely see him at all in this. No, I, Justice I League they War has him. Justice League War has like a like a quarter of the actually. What am I saying? Yeah, like a quarter of the characters in this. If oh that, wow! Yeah, okay. it's only yeah, it's only it's only Justice League in in Dark Side. That's pretty much it. Hmm. Um. But yeah, that was you're right. Bane of all the characters, if we did a power ranking, which we're not going to do that. I mean, unless you, you know, for some reason something comes over you. We had like 43, 44 characters in all this that are like significant. He's down at the bottom of the power ranking. Probably forty four. Yeah, I, I feel like they wrote him in just to kill him off. Pretty much, yeah. I feel like Bane continues because he gets disrespected in Harley Quinn too. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Always gets roasted. Um, <laughs> and it's not you know Dark Knight Rises, but right. Man, I love this movie. It's a yeah, fun I'm gonna have movie. to go back to and watch some of these other DC ones. I've watched like The Killing Joke and The Long Halloween, some of these uh, these other long you know graphic novel type movies. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think I might go through now and and give uh, the DC animated universe some credit. Go the whole layouts on uh, on Wikipedia for anybody looking for it. The yeah. anime universe has its own page. It starts with Flashpoint. Um, how did you feel about the ending, by the way, before we get to the quarantine corner? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I was I was happy with it. You know, it's it's an animated movie. At the end of the day, you know, it's like it feels like they got to wrap it up. Right, they got to wrap it up. And honestly, uh, with the way it, the way it completely comes to the end, with, with what we know about the Flashpoint, we have no idea what the hell could happen at the end of it all. Right. I mean, some of those characters that we saw that survived it, they may get fucked over and not be there in the end. So it, it, yeah. they just yeah, leave it out there point. lingering. Yeah. So, so yeah, for kids, they'll look at it as, oh, everything got fixed. And it's like, well, <laughs> we, I don't know maybe, about that. Maybe Judy. not. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. But as you said before, for the quarantine corner, yeah, I watched the Epstein doc. I thought it was – I really think it's uh, – for somebody who – who knew actually who didn't really know the picture of, of it at all but i imagine for anybody who knows just a little bit it's going to be powerful you're going to feel like you learn a lot 
I cruise right through for the, it's like about an hour an episode. Some yeah, yeah, a it's less I think. Very easy watch for as disturbing of the uh, you know topic that it is. That's true. Um, it's very very easily consumable. Um, you know, I, I thought the biggest takeaway for me from the, the early onset of that is um, you know the depositions of him. Right, I think it was just like I thought that was very telling. I I love the way the prosecutor, the DA, whoever it was. Um, tried to get under his under his skin and approach him in such a way by asking him these antagonizing questions because of course anyone with that much money and that much power and that much influence is going to be uh, very egotistical and self-absorbed and narcissist narcissistic excuse me yeah so anything to kind of you know jab at the ego a little bit like I I love that to kind of get him agitated and under the skin a little bit so and I, I thought- really enjoyed that. I thought that was important when we're looking at the suicide where everybody at first like is not suicide. And myself too, knowing that he has all these ties to important people mm-hmm. on both sides in, in politics right, um, yeah. in terms of the parties. I, I thought, yeah, there's no way he, he actually killed himself. And they, they talked to a separate um, – who are the people that do the autopsies? Whatever, scientist, doctor, Foreigners. whatever. Coroner. Okay, fine. They, like they talked to a separate one, the one who did the the the, the second Medical autopsy, yeah. and he and he yeah he he goes over a certain thing that happened with his jaw and explained how this would be very rare for a suicide. So of course I look at it as you know maybe he didn't commit suicide. That doubt was already there, but the whole narcissist part of it too. When they say he, I forget who said it. He's a narcissist, so when he loses control of the situation, he thinks he can control everything. When he loses control of the situation and he identifies that that's the case, he then becomes like unsettled and angry. And and, and clearly at the point where he committed suicide, he had lost control. He had yeah. lost everything. So it, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could have done it. But, I mean, there's a lot of reason to think that he didn't actually commit suicide too. Well, yeah, and there's – and again, I think this is a great introduction to those for uh, – you know, who – hadn't really uh, paid attention to this or, or hadn't focused on or seen it and which is understandably given the subject matter of it um it's a lot of heavy stuff but there's you know a lot of conspiracy people out there will say that he is um you know a, a CIA operative um that he's had you know multiple passports um that it, it put him in I don't know if he had like Saudi passports and stuff that are tough to obtain if you're not or impossible to obtain if you're not um, yeah. a citizen of said country. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people who say that he may be practicing in satanic rituals, uh, blood sacrifices that go very deeper. Uh, so there, there's there's a lot of different rabbit holes that this can shoot down. And you can make the argument that um, just, just like you can make the argument that he was uh, in bed with Trump, you can make the very same argument that he was uh, in bed with, uh, you know, people from the left, the Clintons, Gates, uh, you know, a lot of these other people as well. So, uh, you know, it's like you're depending on which side of the aisle, which side of the fence that you fall on, you can convince yourself of either way. You, you know yeah. what I mean? That that he was connected to the left or the right or whatever. Um, so it, it all matters, uh, you know, which which tunnel you decide to go down there. But I think this is a great entry path for people who might be, uh, you know, interested in finding out some truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else has been going on with you in the quarantine corner? Yeah. So, so excited for this. <laughs> uh, so I, I was texting with a friend this week, an old buddy from New York, and I hadn't uh, seen him in a while. 
Um, so he he asked me how I was doing, and like I just kind of sent him this this text, and I was like, I came to the realization that I'm like slowly morphing into like this sub- like prototypical suburban white male, where I look forward to my weekends now, where like I just do lawn care maintenance and then go out golfing, and then you know the the wife and I just booked our vacation. We have our one vacation uh, a year that we look forward to, and that we have that going on, and then every other it's just work, you know. So. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like I'd describe myself as like any character that Chris Parnell plays. So, you know, just like a generic, like goofy, uh, befuddling white guy. That's that's kind of where I'm at right now. I am so happy for you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so with that said, I, I, I shot a 44 and a 94 uh, in golf this week since uh, since we last recorded. As I say I'm- that, I'm getting a look from the wife right now. So she overheard that. Oh, there you go. Hi, Jules. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But that's that, – I'm happy for you. Yeah, 44 now we're to 94, before. I'm getting down there. I'm, I'm hitting my driver really well. You know, I was playing uh, on a raised cup, you know, the rate, so you're not actually like putting into the uh, the, the hole there. You just got to like ding the, the raised cup. That's pretty much it. So that's, that's done wonders for my game. I can just fire it uh, right at the, the raised lips there and uh, hope for the best. So, yeah, ha- having fun. Got to take advantage of that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm taking my multivitamins and now, you know, I'm just oh, uh, understanding the, the value of a good night's sleep at this point. Oh, God. Yeah. Make sure I stretch before and after each workout, stay hydrated, that sort of thing. Wow. You are, you are dead serious. Oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, take care. Uh, Self care. Self care. Right. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And I was out hanging out with twenty-five-year-olds uh, all weekend and uh, got my, got introduced to uh, what did I have? What's it's truly and what's the other one? White claw. Oh, I had my first white oh, claws. You, oh wow. Yeah. The, the tangerine think? flavor. Oh, oh. big yeah. fan. Did Don't you damage? Huh? Yes. Yeah. And I, I and guess what? You know who was fine at the end of it all? The guy who doesn't drink a lot but is also three years older than everybody else that was there. This guy, right? Oh, here. wow. Well, that, that's called, uh, you know, well seasoned veteran, right? Mm-hmm. Damn right. right, it is. I mean, that's what happens when I usually, when I only drink brown liquor. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I'm seltzer. sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you know, taking the uh, the donut off the bat there. You're ready to swing away. Exactly. You know, as, as well as anybody, that uh, sometimes that, that stuff can get the best of me. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it, so it gets the best of all of us sometimes. So, the hard seltzer is nothing. But so, um, are we committing to Mortal Kombat next week or are we putting it up in the air? No, no, no. Let's, let's put it in pen. Mortal Kombat, Scorpion's Revenge. Okay. For those who are looking to watch it before we talk about it, it's only an hour, like 15, hour 20 long. And I promise you, you will not regret it. Yes. Until then, Wes. Yeah, same bad time, same bad place, baby.